Oh, yeah. High score. What's going on? Whoa, you have a virtual reality system? Yes, and I got an extra headset for you. So now you can check out my new favorite game. This is so cool. Whoa, are we in a bank? What are we playing? Oh, man, are we bank robbers? No, this is way cooler than that. Here we go. Round two, start. What am I supposed to be doing? Refill the deposit slip. Hurry, I've got to water all the ficus plants. What is happening? Why are there people swinging bags of coins? Uh, There are more of them. Numismatist Blitz. What's a numismatist? Coin collectors, watch out. Do you have any wheat pennies? Bridget? I want buffalo nickels. Just send them to the teller windows. I gotta unjam the ATM. Hold on, pause game. Oh man, I'm so close to leveling up to senior member services representative. Members? Bridget, what is this game? Virtual Branch Manager 3. We're running a bank? This is your favorite video game? Definitely. I'm nationally ranked, man. Unpause game. You realize VR games let you go literally anywhere and do anything, right? And you chose banking. You're gonna love it. You'll see. Someone's making a huge withdrawal in $20 bill. Super cash combo. We've got to deal out the bills as fast as we can. Let's go. (sighs) 20... 40, 60. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Million Bazillion, where we help dollars make more sense. I'm Jed. And I'm Bridget. We answer the questions you have about money. And today's question is a big one. Hello, my name is Amaya from Tacoma, Washington. And my question is, what is the history of banks and how do they work? Oh, such a juicy question. I can't wait to dive into this one. Especially because I've got the perfect game that can teach us all about it. Ugh, you mean Banking Stress Bomb 13? Virtual Branch Manager 3. And don't worry, you were just playing a very high Bridget-level part of the game. We can get you started at a much newbier level. You'll be fine. Fine. Will there at least be lollipops? Of course. I mean, they're virtual, but yes. Sweet. Kind of. And now it's time for asking random kids not so random questions. Today's question is if you had treasure to bury, where would you hide it so no one could find it? If I had treasure, I would bury it right under my house. I would bury my treasure on the moon because nobody could find it. I would bury it in a time machine. Or in an Egyptian tomb. Or possibly with a leprechaun. I would hide the treasure behind all the books in an old abandoned library where nobody ever looks. I would bury the treasure under a mountain. Because why would you look under a mountain? That was Oliver in Michigan, Vivian in Alaska, Elijah in Georgia, Bethany in North Carolina, Sangam in India, and Corbin in Oakland. This has been asking random kids not-so-random questions. Okay, here we are, level one. Ready to learn about the history of banks and how they work? Okay, but this doesn't look like a bank. It's just like... A table in a village? Where are we? This is ancient Mesopotamia. It's home to some of the earliest known systems of banking. Ah, someone's coming. Uh, What do I do? 
Okay, so the point of this first level is to start lending stuff to people. That's that's when you give something to someone, but they have to pay you back later. This person looks like a farmer. Got it. Okay. Hello, farmer. Hello. Here, take uh, my shoes. Thank you for shoes. That's not... Uh, that, but you got to bring them back. I'm just lending them to you. Now I can plant shoes. Failure. What? Here, pause game. Yeah, that's not how banks work. They don't just lend out anything. Let's pull up an online video from an expert on banking. That'll give you an idea on how to beat this level. But that's cheating. It's not cheating. It's how everyone plays games these days. Let's see. Um, oh, I know. Let's look up our old friend Bill Maurer from the University of California, Irvine. He knows a lot about early banks. Banks really started as places where people could go to borrow money. Um, to use it for, like, a trade expedition or to use it to um, buy materials to fix their house. So if people needed money to build a barn, they'd go to early banks to get it. Oh, that's so nice of them to do. Thanks, banks. Hang on, they're not doing it to be nice. They do it because it makes them money. Here's how. The money you borrow is called a loan. When you pay back the loan, you have to give a little bit extra to the bank. That's what the loan costs you. So if you borrow $10, you might pay back $10.50. That little bit extra, that 50 cents, is called the interest. And banks charge interest on their loans to make themselves money. They don't just do it because it's interesting. Get it? Interesting. Bridget? Nothing? Okay, back to banks and loans. Banks make you give the bank something they can keep if you don't pay back the loan, like a house. That's called collateral. Here, listen. They'd make loans to traders um, who would go out on, you know, dangerous or risky trade expeditions. And in those cases, the collateral would be something, it would be, it would be the boat itself, or it would be um, a, a portion of the cargo or something like that. So banks ended up being these storehouses of, of things and of, of wealth. Um, because when people couldn't repay, the bank would, you know, get the property or whatever. So even if you couldn't pay back your loan, the bank still gets something. Man, I should have gotten collateral for my shoes. Those suckers are gone. Well, you live, you learn, you buy new shoes. Okay, so let's unpause and give it another try. And remember, your bank should ask for interest and collateral. Unpause game. Hello, welcome to First Jedley Bank. You are a... Goat farmer. Lovely. And you need money for... New fence for my goats. Right. Well, I think we can make this happen. You just need to pay me back interest when you pay back the loan. And I'll hold on to one goat as... Cold matter, no. Collateral. Collateral. Okay. Ten points. Good job. Woohoo! All right, who's next? You there, the butcher. That's a very bloody apron. Man, I hope you're a butcher. Several hours later. And that'll be a 7.9% APR over the next 20 years. Congratulations on your new barn. Thanks for stopping in. Don't forget to take a free toaster with you on the way out. 15,000 points. Wow, looks like you really gotten the hang of lending as a bank. Yeah, I need a break. This is pretty fun, but kind of exhausting. 
Whoa, what happened here? The village has turned into a city. Well, you've been playing for several hours, and the loans you've made have allowed the virtual people here to develop a flourishing economy. Ah, I had no idea. And looks like my bank has done pretty well, too. I've amassed a bunch of gold and silver from interest payments. And because of the collateral from loans, it's also got a lot of goods like cloth and wheat and goats. Uh, what am I going to do with all this? Well, luckily you've unlocked a new level that'll help you take care of it. Wait, I haven't beaten the game? No, lending is just the first level. Hey, there's that farmer that planted my shoes! Hey, show me where you buried them! Let's take a little break. And when we come back, it's time for level two, safety. And we're back. Jed and I are playing a video game to learn about the history of banks and how they work. In the first round, we found out banks started as places that lent money. For this next level, Jed's going to find out about another important thing that banks do, keeping money and valuables safe and secure. Oh, good, because these goats keep wandering away. Come back here, you adorable collateral. All right, so start building things that'll help keep the valuables safe from virtual thieves. Three, two, one, build. Okay, well, let's start with good strong walls and locks on the doors. Good choice. Okay, here come the bad guys. Ha, that's stopping them. Uh-oh, the thieves are starting to change tactics. Oh, now they have pickaxes. Yeah, they evolve pretty quickly. Um, maybe you should try hiring security guards. Good idea. And let's install a really secure vault. Man, this safety stuff is pretty expensive. Wait, what are all these regular people doing coming into my bank? Okay, well, as you increase security, it makes customers more comfortable with the idea of keeping their money in your bank. That means you can make more money, but it also means more stuff to keep safe. Okay. Wow, time keeps moving forward. Uh-oh, and so do the thieves' difficulty level. Uh, let's see now, what do we have available to use? Ah, reinforced steel! Nice, that'll slow down the rock tunnelers. Okay, unbreakable glass. Wow, we're really zipping through time now. Ooh, video cameras! Secret alarms, yeah, this is cool stuff! Wait, the game is telling me to add FDIC insurance. What is that? Ooh, that's a good one. Really? What does it do? Shoot nets out to catch intruders? Something to do with lasers? No, it's insurance, to keep your customers' money safe in case your bank fails. Banks can fail? Yeah, it's not very common, but it does happen. If they do, this insurance means customers can get back up to $250,000 of their savings. Well, I'm not going to spend money on that. You don't have a choice. Every bank account in the U.S. has FDIC insurance. It's how we make sure people don't lose their life savings if something goes wrong. All right, I guess I'm getting it. Rest easy, virtual customers. You're in good hands. Ooh, speaking of which, check it out. Level complete. Ha, <laughs> take that, you lousy bank robbers. No one busts into Amalgamate Jet Bank. Bonus round. Oh, wow, you unlocked the savings bonus game. Excellent. How do you play this one? Well, this round is all about trying to get customers to put money into bank accounts now that we know they're really secure places. So plus they can make money by doing it. They can? Yeah, through interest. Um, remember that little extra money borrowers have to pay the bank when they take out a loan? Okay, well, if you deposit savings into the bank, you can also earn interest yourself. Like, over time, it'll grow. It's not much, but it's something. Sounds great. Where can we find money to put in? Well, at this level, we'll go through this virtual house and, and search for some. Hey, this is my house. Three, two, 
One, go. Okay, found some under a mattress. Good, uh, there's more in the freezer. Old coffee can in the pantry. Oh, there's a fake book in the bookshelf that has a bunch. That's my super secret hiding spot. Man, I thought that would be a lot harder to find. People put their money in a bank because they think it'll be safer there than hidden around their house. Banks have all that security, so, you know, it's harder to, like, rob a bank. Right, and the money in the bank is insured thanks to that FDIC insurance. Exactly. 20 seconds left. I'll start digging up the backyard to look for buried cash. Ooh, wait, I have an idea. Uh, Where's a marker and some paper? What are you doing? We're running out of time. Oh, couch cushions. Well, the point is to get money into the bank, right? I am making a poster. A poster? Saving is smart. Why does it say that? I'm hanging it up on the wall. Maybe it'll help convince people to just get used to putting the money that they earn into their bank account. If it becomes natural behavior, then that could mean a lot of money going into their savings. New high score. Jed, that was brilliant. Yeah, I think I'm ready to try expert mode. I don't know. There's a lot more to learn if you're going to be gaming at my level. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Bring it on. Hang on. We've been gaming all day. We should probably take a break. Oh, man. Well, all right. My eyes are kind of fried. I need some snacks. Non-virtual ones. I'm Abrielle in Santa Monica, California. Did you know that gumball machines have been around for more than a hundred years? In the United States, you could first find gumball machines inside New York City subway stations in the 1880s. They sold tutti frutti chewing gum. One piece of gum cost one penny. My favorite flavor of gum is blue raspberry. What's yours? So we've had a lot of fun today learning about the history of banks and how banks work. But there's something else we need to talk about. You see, banks work for a lot of people, but they also leave other people out. So let's talk about some of the reasons why not everyone wants to or is able to use a bank. For more about this, we called up Lisa Servan. Okie doke. I'm on. Lisa is a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. She studies why some people don't use banks. There are some big reasons. One is that sometimes people say that banks are expensive. Yeah, a lot of banks advertise they have free accounts, but they aren't always free. Sometimes banks will charge you money to watch your money or to keep it safe. Or they'll say, you have to keep at least $1,000 in the account in order for us to do it for free. Mm. There can be so much fine print. It also means that if you don't have a lot of money to put in your bank account, it might actually cost you more money to use that bank than it would for someone else. Which makes it actually harder to build up savings. And some people will say, well, I'd rather not pay you to watch my money, so I'm going to keep it at my house. In a piggy bank or under a mattress. Reason number two why some people may not have bank accounts. Lisa says sometimes banks can be slow. For example, if you have a paper check... Like the ones Nana sends me on my birthday. Well, if you deposit that check, it might take a couple of days for it to show up in your account so you can use it. And that can be a problem if you need the money right away. Like if you need to buy stuff like school supplies for that science project that's due tomorrow. And that brings us to the final reason we're talking about today. Many people don't use banks because they 
just don't trust them. They're afraid that if they put their money there, then the bank might charge them for things that they didn't expect, or they might not get all of their money back. Yeah, if you thought your parents had a lot of rules, banks have way more. And a lot of them come with these pesky fees, and those fees can really add up. Exactly. And then there's another reason. They might feel like the people at the bank who work there don't treat them very well. And maybe some of you have been into a store or you've heard your parents talk about going into a place where they felt like they were treated poorly. Banks haven't always treated everyone fairly. They haven't always let everyone get a loan or use their other services. And not everyone feels welcome when they go into banks. They feel like they're still not being treated fairly. So it's fun to learn about how banks work, but we should also think about how they could work better. Well, we're almost done with this episode. Thanks to Amaya for sending in her question. We hope you guys have a better idea now of the history of banks and how they work. Bridget, what should we leave listeners thinking about? Well, there's one thing about banks that really jumped out to me during this episode. Banks evolved to meet the needs of the moment. And that means they have changed a whole lot over the course of history. Yeah, and sometimes those changes have happened really quickly. Like when your parents were kids, there were tubes at banks' drive throughs that would send capsules all the way from the bank to your car. Inside the capsules, there'd be money and sometimes lollipops. Man, I miss those tubes. Nowadays, you can do a lot of banking on your computer or even your phone, and it makes you wonder what banks are going to look like in the future. I'm betting there'll be lots of robots. Oh, I should put those in my bank next time I play. Well, here's your chance. Are you ready to try the game on Bridget mode? Remember what you've learned. I won't let you down. Bring it on. Okay. I said bring it on. Where is everybody? Failure. What? You forgot to unlock the doors. Rookie mistake. Game over. Thanks for listening to Million Bazillion, where we help dollars make more sense. We love getting your questions. If you have one you want us to answer or an idea for an episode, send it to us at marketplace.org slash million. If you want more from this episode, sign up for our bonus newsletter. You'll get extras for kids and their grown-ups, including a tip sheet and a comic. And we'll send new episodes of Million Bazillion right to your email inbox for the rest of the season. Sign up at marketplace.org slash bonus. And a big thank you to Bill Maurer. He's a professor of anthropology and the dean of social sciences at the University of California, Irvine, for helping us understand the history of banks. And thank you to Kimberly Adams, Markay Green, Kristen Schwab, Daniel Shin, and Eloise for lending us their voicing talents. Million Bazillion is brought to you by Marketplace in collaboration with Brains On and American Public Media. I'm your host, Jed Kim. The senior producer is my co-host, Bridget Bodner. Marissa Cabrera is our producer. Sandin Totten is our editor. Chris Julin is our sound designer. Our theme music was created by Wonderly. This episode was mixed by Becca Weinman. Our digital team includes Erica Phillips and Tony Wagner. Sitara Nieves is the executive director of On Demand at Marketplace. And special thanks to the people who provided the startup funding for Million Bazillion and who continue to help keep us going. 
the Ranzetta Family Charitable Fund and NextGen Personal Finance, supporting Marketplace's work to make younger audiences smarter about the economy. To all the grown-ups listening right now, we hope that you and the kids in your life are having some good conversations about money, thanks to a million bazillion. We created this podcast to help kids get an early start on learning about the economy. And to keep it going, we're counting on your support. Donate today at marketplace.org slash give million. And thanks for chipping in to make our work possible. <laughs> <laughs>